What's up, everyone? This is episode number 92 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle. And as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast. My Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. Well, I've got a great conversation lined up for you guys today with Ryan, aka Mind Cycle Cards. Some of you might remember him from episode 76, so I'm really excited to be able to share this one. But before we get there, a pretty big thing happened in the hobby this week, and I'm sure you guys already know what I'm talking about. Um, When I first started drafting up this episode, I had a few small things that I wanted to talk about when it came to hobby headlines, and that included a PMG Green Jordan that's currently for sale at Heritage Auctions. And when I last checked this thing, it had um, nine days left. It was already over $600,000 and $700,000 if you count the buyer's premium, which I do think needs to be factored in. Um, But then we got some big news about someone that already owns a PMG Green Jordan. On Monday, it was announced that Nat Turner and an investor group had partnered to purchase Collector's Universe for roughly $700 million. And Collector's Universe is, of course, the parent company of PSA. So since then, I've had a lot of people request a breakdown of the whole thing. Um, You know, it looks like there are still some loose ends that need to be sorted out, and I want a little more time to chew on this. Um, And you know what? There's a part of me that wonders if Joe Orlando could somehow request a cancellation and say that his kid accidentally hit the accept offer button but I feel pretty certain that this thing is going to go through. But for right now, I'm just going to look at the information we have and give a few brief thoughts. And my main source for this information is an article from Globe Newswire. I encourage you to go there and read the whole thing, but I'll do my best to give you the most important parts. Okay, so it says, um, Collector's Universe announced that it has entered into a definitive agreement under which an investor group led by entrepreneur and sports card collector Nat Turner D1 Capital Partners and Cohen Private Ventures will acquire all of the company's outstanding shares of common stock for $75.25 per share in cash. So these groups made an offer of $700 million, which has already been approved by the Collector's Universe Board of Directors. And according to the article, the transaction is expected to close in the first calendar quarter of 2021. So... Um, I was wondering what this would mean for the fate of our good friends Iso Joe and Steve Sloan, and I didn't see anything about Steve-O in there, but the article did tell us that, quote, Joseph J. Orlando, president and CEO of Collector's Universe, will continue to lead Collector's Universe, and I, I think they use the term lead loosely there, um, which, re, which will retain its headquarters in Santa Ana, California. And then they got a a quote from Joe. So Joe chimed in. He said, as we transition from a public to a private company in partnership with Nat and a group of world-class financial investors and sports and collectibles enthusiasts, our customers will continue to see the same level of integrity, transparency, service, and high quality solutions that they expect from Collector's Universe. Well, good grief. I hope that we don't see the same level of integrity and transparency, but, um, With all of that being said, I I am excited about this whole thing. And if you've ever heard anything about Nat's dealings in the business world, he's known for tech solutions that work. And there's a quote from him in this article where he states, We are committed to bringing the resources and expertise necessary to expand the company's operational capacity and technological capabilities while enhancing the accuracy and consistency for which Collector's Universe is known. Okay, so like I said, I'm excited about this. Um, Grading has changed the hobby quite a bit. And as I've discussed many times on the show before, we need grading reform and we have for a while. And from what I know about Nat, um, I'm extremely confident that he's going to get things moving in the right direction and fast. Now, at the same time, people need to realize that things are not going to magically change overnight. There are a lot of moving parts here, and I think some people need to temper their expectations a bit. 
Um, and this is something that we do, not just in the hobby, but in all areas of society where we've had a period of, let's say, you know, maybe horrible leadership or horrible execution. Someone new comes in and they promise change and we think everything's going to be fixed immediately. It doesn't work that way. We have to respect the process. Um, now, it also has me thinking, you know, about what things might look like if they are fixed. You know, some of you out there have been very anxious for change, um, and at the same time, you rely on grading to make you a lot of money. Well, be careful what you wish for. Um, what happens when cards are coming back quicker and more efficiently, and there are a lot more of the same graded cards on the market? So um, it might cause some people to change their strategies, but I'm, I'm getting way, way ahead of myself here. Um, some other thoughts I had real quick, though. You know, what does this mean for BGS? And I'm not saying that they're done or anywhere close to that, but uh, between this, the emergence of a new grading company and all the recent slab scandals, they better step up their game. Um, personally, I would advise them to um, examine everything or look closely. Anyway, I'm going to chew on this uh, a lot more in the coming week, but all in all, I'm excited about this move. I think it's a huge win for collectors. I think it's a major step in the right direction, and the more stability we can bring to the hobby, the better. All right, before I move on to my conversation with Ryan, I want to take a moment to tell you a little bit about Fanatics. As you guys know, there are costs that go into running a podcast, so I signed up for the Fanatics affiliate program. And we're getting close to Christmas. I know a lot of you might be looking for gift ideas. I just bought myself a Pacers hat for my birthday. Um, whatever sports gear you're looking for, there's a good chance that Fanatics has it. So if you'd like to help support the show in this way, go to www.tinyurl.com WMPod and click the Fanatics logo at the top. Shop as planned and this show gets a small commission in the process. It's a win-win. Once again, that's www.tinyurl.com slash WMPod. This is Slick Leonard. You're listening to the Wax Museum Podcast. Boom, baby! Okay, I've got Ryan with me here today. And like I said earlier, some people probably know you better as Mind Cycle Cards. But Ryan, how are you managing this final phase of 2020? How's it going? Oh, it's going good. Um, thanks for having me back on, Kyle. Just... Uh, you know, going over the, the Nuggets draft and free agency and getting excited about the season starting. and Well, we really didn't get an offseason. Not uh, really. Well, especially yeah. you, since your team actually made a bit of a run. Yeah. Uh, feels like it just ended. And, and really, you know, it doesn't seem like it's been that long since we chatted. We, we talked about uh, right before the bubble, right before the bubble started. That's when we chatted. That's so it's right. been over yeah. three months. Um, so we definitely have some catching up to do. A lot has happened in the world and in the hobby since then. Um, yeah. I've got a whole list of things that I want to talk to you about, and I'll try to mix some card happenings into the conversation. Uh, but so let's open with cards, though. Have you had any noteworthy pickups since the last time we talked? Yeah, actually, um, I posted a mail day. It was actually the first one I've done a video on. It was a couple of Tim Duncan cards that I got in. I don't, I don't know if you got to see it, but... Um, I picked up the 98-99 Flare Alta Platinum Medallion Tim Duncan okay. card. With the Number two, and the 100? Yeah. yeah. Uh, 99, I think it is. 99, yep. Yeah. Just a card I've been after forever, so that's a pretty exciting one. Like a recent pickup. Haven't been picking up too much new stuff, but uh, have been going after some Duncan and, you know, obviously my Nuggets stuff as well. Um, but, yeah, that was probably my biggest one recently. So I, I don't see, I mean, that stuff has always had a following. I, I don't see a lot of posts with that kind of stuff still, and, and rightfully so, it is rare. Has that um, seen kind of the same price tra trajectory that everything else has, or is that something that um, was kind of always high and, is, and still is? I'd say higher than a year ago, but not necessarily the biggest jump. You know, it, the jumps that we've seen on like LeBron and Kobe and, and guys like that, nothing compared to that for for duncan um i wouldn't say some of his stuff is cheap i i'd say like the more 
well-known cards like the Topps Chrome Refractor, right? Those seem a big jump. The Topps Chrome, if it's graded, I've seen a big jump. But um, in general, I've still been picking up Tim Duncan stuff for relatively reasonably priced, you know, not too high as we've seen some of the other stuff jump. So, yeah, I mean, if it did, I probably, you know, if it jumped like Kobe jumped, I'm not going to be able to afford a native <laughs> anyway, right? Right. <laughs> well, I, I think Duncan, even though he is on the Spurs bench now, it's like he's still invisible. I mean, we just don't – you don't see from him. You don't hear from him. Um, yeah. He's just kind of faded away. And I, I think that's – you know, that was kind of his – the way he was during his career too. So that works to your benefit as a Duncan collector. I won't, I won't insult you and call him boring. Um, like I did, we'll talk about your nuggets here in a moment. I called your nuggets boring the last time we talked, yeah. but I, I think that works to your benefit. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think Tim Duncan is one of those guys who just went out and played, you know, he reminds me a lot of Jokic actually, uh, both big men. They both just have solved fundamentals. They're not flashy but they just get the job done. I mean, if you look at Duncan and his accomplishments, I think as the years go by and, you know, superstars come and go, he'll, he'll, he'll be sticking around. So he's always going to have a following, but I think it's nice to be able to pick up the cards for a little cheaper. Right. Just because, yeah, just be, I, I mean, big guys in general, right. They don't sell as well, <laughs> typically yeah. in the hobby. <laughs> and I, I was looking through, you know, and, I, and I've been saying that for a while and that's not anything that's a secret, right. That's, that's kind of a, a you know, wide view, but uh, yeah. I even saw a Beckett the other day from the late nineties that said, uh, you know, why don't big men get any love? And it's, well, <laughs> that's just the way it's always going to be. I mean, it I is. hate to say yeah. it, um, you know, I know some content, creators or influencers, whatever you want to call them, can try and speak it into existence. But um, if it doesn't appeal to people, it doesn't appeal. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so um, the last time you were on here, we talked about a number of things. We talked about the binders you were building. We talked about consolidation. Um, we talked about your nuggets as they headed into the bubble. And yeah. like I said just moments ago, I, I'm sure people remember I called them boring. Uh, and in my defense, I still think they were a boring regular season team. Yeah. But um, lo and behold, <laughs> they ended up having one of the best first round matchups that we've seen in a long time. So oh, wow. um, yeah. joke's on me, right? So, um, you know, I, I know they didn't come away with the title, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts about that team. You know, did they surprise you? Did Murray's play surprise you? What did you think yeah. of that team? Yeah, to be honest, it's – probably the most exciting season we've had since like that 08 09 season uh where we made it deep into the playoffs as well um murray's play especially was just leaps and bounds over what he was doing the regular season i think he steps up under pressure he's one of those guys that that takes the challenge right and you could just see you know we we had that um first series against utah right you could just see he wanted to win you know we, yeah. we got down well, both of those those series against Utah and then the one against the Clippers, right? We're down three to one and then we come back, which is just incredible. But I think he, he takes those challenges, you know, and, and just builds upon that, you know, oh, these guys are not doing too great. And he just takes that as a challenge and comes out and plays his heart out. So it was really, it was really cool to see, you know, him step up like that. That's what we've been hoping kind of in Denver for a couple of years since we drafted him is that he'd step into that role, you know, and he did. So. Yeah, you kind of wonder if if Mitchell hadn't taken that big jump. Uh, well, I mean, he's always been good, but if he hadn't really had an amazing playoff series, if we would have gotten that from Murray or not. Yeah, um, I know, I know. That's what I thought too. You know, he's looking at him as um, being kind of that opponent to, to strive to do better than, and they both just went off. So really, really cool to see, you know. Yeah, uh, and, and I was series. wrong at the end of the day, but – uh, I still feel like a winner because of it, because I got to watch the series. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so we'll talk about the, there's all sorts of nuggets, things happening. And we'll talk about the draft in a moment, but I want to talk about their other off season moves. So I'm going to run through some of what I've read. I did a little studying. I feel like that's the most I've ever read about the nuggets, I think. And um, so I'll go through some of what I've read and then I'll, I want you to give me your thoughts on each situation. Yeah. So uh, first off, we got to talk about their pursuit of Drew Holiday. And yeah. um, we don't know exactly what a package for him would have looked like. 
My guess is it was either Harris uh, or Barton plus a couple of young pieces, probably Harris is my guess. Um, mm-hmm. I heard, you know, bubble hero, bowl, bowl. I heard Morris's name thrown in there. Is that kind of what you were hearing? And then uh, where did you stand on the whole Drew Holiday thing? Yeah, that's what I was hearing. And as, you know, as much as I love Gary Harris, I would have taken letting him go to get, get Drew. I, you know, and it didn't work out and that's okay. You know, I, <laughs> I've, I've been collecting Harris since he was drafted, but you know, if he had to go, he had to go. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of people were wanting him to go anyway because he didn't have the greatest season last season, but I still think he's a solid player. I would have given up him and, you know, like you said, uh, one of Morris or maybe even Barton or I don't know. It's hard to say on like Porter Jr. or Bobo. We haven't seen a whole ton of those guys. I, I'd be probably harder. It'd be harder to give up Michael Porter Jr. because he did show some pretty good flashes in the playoffs, you know, but it didn't work out. And that's kind of disappointing. I think people were ex- we're hoping, at least I was hoping to get a solid vet in, um, get a solid, you know, semi or star player at least, but Hey, we didn't, you know, it, it happens maybe yeah. next, next year. Well, it, it almost seems like, you know, I felt like you pretty much had to dangle Michael Porter jr. Out there. Yeah. Um, if you wanted a big piece, otherwise you're going to hope that he develops into that. You know, we always hear about that third nugget score, um, right. which I like Michael Porter and I know he's young. Um, but do you think you can beat LeBron now? That's what it'll all come down to. Do you think you can beat the Clippers? Um, you right. know, whatever teams are going to contend in the West, you got to be able to beat them. It doesn't exactly. matter if you win 60 games, um, which yep. is why I call the nuggets boring. They're, they're like <laughs> the Hawks were years ago, win 60 games. And then that's all they do. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I was, I was half expecting the playoffs to go that, that way too. And luckily they didn't, but I, I hear you. Yeah. It's, you know, great regular season team to watch, but then you get to the playoffs and it fizzles out because you got to beat the LeBron. You got to, hey, you're, you're talking to uh, <laughs> the Pacers fan who we've been swept three out of the last four years <laughs> right, in the playoffs. Right. So yeah. is it better to make the playoffs and get swept or would you just rather not make it? That's the question I have to ask myself sometimes because mm-hmm. I like playoff games, but I don't enjoy getting swept. So we'll see new coach. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're here to talk about Nuggets. I will come back to the Pacers, but we're here to talk about Nuggets. Let's talk a little bit about their free agents. So yeah. they had a – looks like they had a qualifying offer out for Torrey Craig. And I saw some things that I liked from him in the playoffs, I, even though I think he's a little limited on the offensive end. But it looks like they ran out of roster spots and they had yep. to pull the offer and the Bucks signed him. So – um, they did big loss or no, you know, could you live uh, without it, them? I'm kind of disappointed about it, but um, yeah, I, I guess they're trying to go in maybe a little bit of a different direction given the other signings that we had. I think it to me, or at least what it sounded like is once um, Jeremy Grant chose not to sign, <laughs> they kind of just started doing what they could to, to replace them, you know, and that was one of our big losses. And I think any Nuggets fan, I'll tell you that was, disappointing it, to lose him and we also lost Plumley. Plumley went to the Pistons as well they both went Jeremy Grant and mm-hmm. uh, Plumley went over there so I, I think a lot of people were expecting Jeremy Grant to resign because I mean he's on a contender right he should be happy but as far as we can tell he wasn't getting maybe the playing minutes that he wanted or getting the starter spot that he wanted or something like that so well, it's um, <laughs> eerily similar to his uncle back in the day Right, isn't his uncle Horace Grant? So I think oh, is he? Okay. I think that's Hor- I think it's Harvey's son, and they okay. were they were brothers. So I think yeah, I think Horace is his uncle. So following oh. Uncle For- Horace's footsteps. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, you mentioned the big men, and and I'm going to include Millsap here, even though he's six seven. We, you know, yeah. we we refer to him as a big man. Yeah. Um, I was kind of under the impression that they needed to keep two out of the three big free agents, um, which they didn't, you mentioned they lost Grant, they lost Plumlee. Um, They only ended up with Millsap, which honestly is probably the one I would have wanted the least. Now, if it's, if it's Paul Millsap from a couple of years ago, maybe I would have been more happy with that, but what, you know, Jeremy Grant, he just wanted more playing time. That I, you know, that is best as anybody can tell. I mean, there hasn't been any definite answer to it. I don't think he's said anything, but, uh, I think bigger role was mentioned. 
uh so that whatever that means you know but you know it's it, it is what it is and us getting Millsap, i think is a is well at least for what we got him we got him for a lot cheaper than it would have been to sign grant uh so yeah. we were able to add Millsap and a, a couple other players as well now yeah Millsap has been on the downward trend for the last couple of years but i still like him as a as a player you know and then even as a vet on the team right help yeah, out the guys I mean, he's he's it's not he like he's their first second third option so i yeah when i when i talk about paul you know i i gotta look at it in context i i do think it was a good move it was just kind of disappointing when you, yeah. you put it up to the other moves but i i don't think we would have resigned him without grant leaving but i i like it it's a it's a year it gives us the the chance to um make some moves next season potentially with a lot of other free agents coming on the market right? yeah it seems there's a couple teams that are doing that they don't want to like dallas i think is doing that they don't really want to make any big moves because they i think they're shooting for Giannis. but we'll see that the <laughs> yeah. thought of that uh you know if we think the hobby's crazy now put put luca and Giannis on the same team oh man um, i can't even imagine that's, yeah that's gonna be wild <laughs> um so you lost a couple other minor players too which yeah you know that's bottom of the roster moves we're not going to spend a lot of time on those but let's talk about some of the players that are coming in um which you signed jamichael green from the clippers Mm -hmm. and then you also signed a i think it's a 29 year old from argentina named facundo Campazzi. yeah real madrid uh point guard i I guess he's a star on uh you know on the real madrid so it'd be yeah, interesting I yeah i think he's 511 is my height yeah <laughs> so i can't imagine playing in the nba but you know some of those those guys know how to do it so they... well i don't uh i don't know your, your your 40 time but i would imagine he's a little quicker than you so I don't know a lot about the guy though. The, what I read, which is, it was seemed like a bit of hyperbole, but it said he's the best European player to come over here since Luca. Now, granted, yeah. he's, he's a lot older than Luca. So I guess they just mean, you know, for that, from that time, from 2017 on or whatever, from 2018 on, right. he's the best European prospect. So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, it, we'll see. You never know how to translate to the nba i mean he could be the superstar over there and and not so great over here it could be awesome over here so are, are there for minutes the for him <laughs> yeah that's that's the interesting thing is that i was i wrote down some notes on this and we so we drafted him he or not drafted but um acquired him he's a point guard we also uh signed let's see marcus howard who's a point guard don't know a ton of, of him well actually we did i'm sorry we didn't sign him we he's a two-way player so we've got those two point guards. We've got um, Murray, then you've got Monte Morris, and then P.J. Dozier. So I was hoping okay. that actually Dozier would get some more playing time this year, but it, de- it kind of depends on Campazzo yeah. if he does well or not, right? Because he could take that those minutes away from him. I think we'll play Monte Morris just because he's more into integrated in the team, but it'll be interesting to see who gets that kind of third string. Right. Well, uh, and some minutes. of those minor signings are, you know, it's just going to be to fill out a camp roster but yeah um <laughs> right exactly it i i don't want to liken it to here i am bringing up the pacers again i'm sorry oh, that's um, good this okay. was uh in 2005 larry bird made his big european signing it was uh you know an older european player it was sarunas yesikavages and yeah. um he was a bit you know big star in israel um he was a lithuanian player but he's big star in israel as well and uh Turns out he couldn't bring the ball past the uh, half court line in the NBA with pressure and teams figured that out. So they, then they slotted him as a two guard and that didn't work as, as well. So hopefully this experiment goes better than that. Although we've had a lot of European players come to the NBA since then. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It'll be interesting. See how it plays out. So let's look at the draft. Unlike, you know, I mentioned my Pacers, they had zero picks in the first round. You yeah. more or less had two picks. I think you you traded for the second one, but you basically had yeah. two picks, which was twenty two and twenty four. So you got, um, a, I think he's a big man out of Arizona, Zeke Nigi, and yeah. you got R J Hampton, who I'm I'm a little more familiar with R J Hampton even just from cards, although I, I'd heard the name prior to that. Yeah, um, your GM drafts well though, so I I would 
I would feel pretty confident in that, especially grabbing RJ that late. What, what did you think about those two picks? Oh, I think I think we did awesome in the draft. So, um, how did you pronounce his last name? <laughs> I think it, it's it Nige. Nige, that's yeah. right. Yeah, so he looks pretty solid. I don't I don't follow a ton of college basketball, just to be honest. So I don't know a ton about him, but he looks like a solid pick from what I've read. And then, um, yeah, so we got RJ Hampton. I really like that one. That was a cool pickup on, on Nuggets' part. So there's another point guard that I forgot to mention. So he's going to be looking for minutes too. He might be more of development. I don't know. He's The way he's talking is like he's going to get in there and, and be the next Michael Porter Jr. or Bull Bull. Uh, yeah, and I don't, you know, who knows? Um, <laughs> I don't think I, he's going to get that many minutes. The Nuggets like to develop their guys a little bit before they throw them in there. Yeah. So. Well, well I Malone was hesitant to play Porter and I kept thinking like, put this kid in, you know, see yeah. what you got when you, so when you get to the playoffs and you need him, you know, and I yeah. think, and I think that hurts you guys actually in the bubble. I do. I do. You know, that was the whole thing about Michael Porter Jr. too, is they were concerned about him from an injury standpoint and healing up and all that. But then when he, he's like, I'm ready to go, we're not playing him a whole time. And he got in on, on the playoffs and did, pretty well but you could tell he just wasn't as integrated into the team as he probably should have been so that's the i do agree with you that's a little bit of a flaw and and the way the nuggets approach a lot of their picks and their younger guys is they just need to throw them in there see what they yeah. can do in my opinion well i mentioned that i knew rj from cards even though i like i actually had heard about him prior to that. He was a pretty big name coming out of high school, but yeah. um, he was in Goodwin. So I, I've heard that name for a little bit. Now. Oh, okay. Um, he had some of the, you know, the, they keep milking the exquisite design. He's, he's got that RPA with whatever, a shoe piece or whatever. Yeah. Um, so he's got some of that stuff already. And then they're both of your guys are in contenders. They're both in prism draft uh, yeah. and college immaculate, which I really haven't talked about these sets on my show. I know I say I, I cover all things basketball cards, so I probably should. I just don't do college cards. Um, yeah, just same. Personally. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that was that's what I was going to ask you then is you got these picks <laughs> and you're probably itching to get something. There's a lot of stuff out there already. Do you grab any of it or do you resist? You know, I, I would probably say I, I would wait. Now, yeah, I'm not really into the college stuff either, to be honest. Even just grabbing anything nowadays, though, man, is so expensive that I, I really haven't done it. Um, I, if, I don't know if you saw my video. The last box of cards I bought was uh, Garbage Pail Kids. Oh, no, <laughs> so, I didn't see that. <laughs> I did a box break of those because I'm like, well, can't afford any of the new products. So here's something I ran across, and let's bust this box. So it's me busting bar Garbage Pail Kids. So if you want to check so it out, are, are I people, it on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> are people stashing that, too? You know, even that stuff's gone up in price this year. You know, just the way way it's working with everybody coming back in and looking for something to do as they're sitting at home, I think. And um, so guys like me, where I actually started collecting cards because of Garbage Pail Kids, mm -hmm. now all the graded copies of all those cards are <laughs> worth a ton of money and stuff like that. And it's kind of funny to see, but interesting to see. Nice to see, I guess. But um, yeah, that's the last box of cards I bought. I buy mainly singles and i don't think i've i don't think i've actually purchased any new product in probably about 10 or 10, two years around yeah. two years um i will pick up singles i like to do sets you know so i i completed most of my nugget sets up until about prism for this past year and then i dropped off a little bit i might go back in and pick up some more stuff but it's it's hard when you've got Bulbo, who still sells for a lot yeah. of money, right? Well, and I need a couple of his for my sets, and I'm just not willing to pay the the prices that they're going for. I just yeah, well, can't do it. well, I I wish I could, and I I won't. I wish I could do a screen grab of my inbox and Goga stuff, uh, yeah. which I've never, you know. Granted, I do collect Pacers. I've never put out a message saying, "Show me your Gogas," and <laughs> um, I get I just get flooded with Goga stuff, and it's yeah. like. I, I can't pay the I can't pay Goga prices for Goga performance. You know, no, it's like I'll I buy know. a sweater card and <laughs> and I'm waiting for. Well, actually, you know what? I lost on an immaculate nameplate card, 
and I, oh, okay. I bid actually bid pretty high on it, higher than I should for Goga. All that Goga money I didn't spend during the year. I'm, I would rather put into a couple of nice cards. Um, I buy I immaculate nameplate nobility every year. Um, I, yeah. I try to get one letter from every pacer that's in the set at least. And so Goga, well, there's other letters out there, but I missed out on the first one. So let's actually, let's talk about that. Let's talk about some of the new products, even yeah. though we're not opening them. Um, we do benefit from it because people are licking their wounds on the secondary market or sometimes passing those costs off on, off to us team collectors and player collectors. Um, but that stuff Absolutely. is getting ripped. So um, I mentioned Immaculate. We'll start with that. That's got the nameplate nobility. Um, you know, I don't know if you've seen it, but some of the, the new Nike nuggets and Pacers patches look very similar. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In fact, uh, well, I'm not, I'm done getting Tyler Lydon cards sent to me because tj leaf got traded but uh yeah <laughs> they look very similar okay that's funny yeah i i've i've looked at a couple just to see because usually what i'll do is exactly what you're saying is try to pick up off the secondary market once people break that stuff but i don't see a ton of nuggets i see some bulbul he has um like the jumbo patches i don't know exact name of them they yeah, look kind of nice the um I don't, well, I don't know what they call them now, but the team name and then the numbers he's got. Oh, both team numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And those look kind of cool, but again, pricey. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's RPA is a redemption. So not all that appealing. I think uh, Jokic is mostly redemption. I think there was on card Gary Harris, but I just have so much Gary Harris stuff. And then you got like, you know, Alex English who they have every time. So I've got a ton of those. So I don't really need any more Alex English immaculate. Uh, even though I love, I'll pick up Alex English autos if they're a nice looking card. Uh, just, just cause I like Alex English. He was a great player, but he signs a lot for Panini. So they got the same old guys and I haven't seen anything that just strikes me as like, I need to pick that up or I need to join a break to see if I can hit this or that, you know, and, right. and really what it comes down to for me is, is just the prices of it now. You know, I'd love to pick up some Bulbul, but again, still kind of expensive, a little too much for, for me at the moment. Yeah, well, and that's, you know, I now in this new climate, I'm kind of trying to figure out when do I pick up the stuff that I was waiting on because I had, so I still don't have a TJ Leaf RPA and that's from 2017 because <laughs> right. I refuse to pay $30 for it. I know yeah. that sounds crazy to some people, but you know, this guy's never going to amount to anything. It's not a invest card. It's not a prospector card. It's just right. one that needs to settle. Yeah. So I've been watching one on eBay for like a year at $30. He gets traded to the thunder. That thing sells immediately. I'm like, okay, here, <laughs> here we go again. I got to wait for him to cycle through right. several teams and then I can go back and, and pick that one up. I mean, I just picked up Hansbro like two or three years ago. Yeah. Um, because that, this stuff is just, you know, it's, it was way higher than it needed to be. That's where um, I'm at for Porter Jr. and Bobo, to be oh, honest. I can't like, imagine Porter Jr. Uh, no, he's still high. And I think with all the moves that they made, he's probably going to continue well, to be high because people are expecting him to probably start now, which he might, you know. Yeah. That's any, any Porter stuff I have. I mean, I sold like one Prism rookie when they got to like 50 or 60 bucks. Yeah, because um, I had several of them, but uh, any nice quarter <laughs> stuff, there's no re there's no reason to sell it right now. No, um, no. You know, I early on I think we thought maybe his injury history would catch up with him. I think he it looks like he might hold up for at least long enough for his stuff to go up in value more. So I yeah, be moving that exactly. That's that was you know I always pick up RPAs right the NT RPAs, but there's it's just gone up and up. So probably not going to be getting that one anytime soon. Yeah. That's unfortunate too. Um, as far as the, the rest of Immaculate, there's, there's another set in there that I usually like special event materials where they put stuff from different all-star games and Christmas. Um, mm -hmm. The window is got really small this year and they used all-star warm-up jackets, um, which was kind of disappointing. I'm not, too big uh, into the all-star stuff but i do like that panini is still using some game dated stuff so i, I do appreciate that i want to give them kudos yeah, i guess yeah, it was a cool. backhanded compliment but i i really do like having that game dated stuff in there so they actually give you the the game that it was used dating 
Yeah, like, or they'll say, or at least arrange. Like, I know in the past, um, they when they did the global games, they would take some of those jerseys and cut them up, and they would put global games on the side. Oh, right. Um, or like one year, they had a, a Larry Bird All Star jersey that they cut up, which you really couldn't tell because it was just a white jersey, and it said All Star Game on the side. And then, of course, they pictured him in a green Celtics jersey instead of the All Star jersey. Which was right. my major gripe with that card, but it's like, hey, that's really cool. You yeah. know, and the All Star Game was was pretty significant um, to get a Larry Bird All Star Game worn. You know, I, I just wish they treated that stuff a, a, with a little more respect. But um, it is what it is. At least it's out there, so guys like you and I can grab it. Um, I'll have to look for this. Yeah, let's talk about. There's one more product I'm looking at here. And um, I told you a little bit about this yesterday. I, I said, hey, check out some box breaks because you can watch <laughs> you can yeah. watch about 10 of them in in like 20 minutes, you know, five, five or 10 minutes. It's really not going to take you that long. It's called Panini One and One. Yeah. And this is a it, it looks to be around five hundred dollars a box. I think the, the break that I watched first, the guy said he paid four seventy somewhere in that range, about five hundred dollars a box. There are two cards in a box. So it's a breaker's dream. Yeah. Um, they don't have, you know, there's not a lot of sorting, not a lot of that kind of stuff. And I saw a box on Instagram the other day, and I think it's it's actually a listener of this show. So um, he his big hit was a Zach Levine patch. So I I felt it when he pulled that. I said, oh, <laughs> man, I feel, you know, like you want to see people, I really do want to see people do well. And yeah. I kind of felt that for him. I said, oh, that one's rough. So, um there are some nice sets in there though, that people seem to like the base cards look pretty nice. They have like a kind of like a silver hollow type border to them. Um, mm-hmm. w- what are your thoughts on Panini one and one? Um, I wouldn't buy it, but <laughs> good luck to those that do. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things, right? If it was 200, 150, 200 bucks, maybe you could justify it. Cause then you'd have a decent chance to, pull out a zion or something like that but i mean if you don't hit a zion or rj barrett or something like that i mean that you're gonna probably be losing out right i i guess they well one thing that i looked at it that they do have right they have the timeless moments Mm -hmm. which is similar to the noir spotlight signatures wouldn't you say Mm -hmm. um and then the from downtown insert. So I think people are chasing after those. So you have possibility to hit some of that stuff too. Right. Um, now was what, the- let's talk Damn. about real quick, the, the autos though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I look, I know I, I got a lot of suggestions for Panini that, you know, it's easier said than done kind of thing. So I don't want to be just that guy, but yeah, we got to figure out the gold and silver marker thing. Um, oh yeah, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> um, and and oh don't and we can't say you know it's just an athlete and a pin pressure thing because chronology did that for several years and they were all beautiful. I don't know, maybe yeah. they had bad ones that they threw out. Um, Panini's got these giant paint pens, almost. I yeah. think that's and what they are. They've yeah. got to be. And uh, <laughs> it's 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 rough on some of these cards, and and it's a shame because. You know, they're like, a, I think they look like uh, canvas, kind of like Court Kings. Yeah. Um, and, and they could look, well, it is like chronology. Yeah, it's but, exactly like chronology. And I think th- this is my guess is that they are using those paint pens. They used it for the spotlight signatures. They're using it for this timeless moments one. And they just look bad, man. I mean, sometimes the players can make them look good, but they're just they like the paint. It's like a fat gold paint pen mm-hmm. so it's going to be streaky and thick so so what they need to do is yeah like the chronology or the um, upper deck black you remember those mm-hmm. uh when they had the gold pens and they were thin gold and they looked amazing right. they were so yeah they were why consistent. can't they get those there wasn't skipping you know i don't know what yeah. the issue was and even a lot of those were on stickers and it it looked so good that it's like you know what i can kind of let the stickers go yeah um but instead, I have one, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I, I only have one uh, spotlight signatures and it's uh, Monte Morris. It was like, considered his rookie and 
I I found it with the uh, jersey number and I grabbed it and I still just don't like the auto on it, man. And that's the only one I own. And I just, I can't, I, I love the pictures that they've used for those are, you know, the photos on them, but just those autos, man, I can't get over it. And just doesn't do anything for the card. Yeah. This is one where they really, I, I know with logistics, they got to mail a lot of stuff and especially now with coronavirus, you know, they got to mail everything I'm sure. Yeah. But um, this is one where we need a rep sitting with the players and kind of coaching them. Here's what you do. Otherwise they all look like, remember when uh, Dennis Smith wasn't signing anything in 2017 and then all of his redemptions came back with like a fat, ugly marker. It's like, he didn't follow <laughs> any instructions. He didn't care at all. He just, yeah. he finally, I think they were bugging him to get it done and he finally did. And, and there we have it, you know, he, he did what he wanted, but Right. The athletes have all the leverage in this situation. They're going to sign how they want, when they want. That's and if true. Panini says no more cards, then they're going to actually be happy about that, I think, after 10,000 autographs in a rookie year. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, if somebody could just say, all right, take we're, we're just going to get a big batch of pens. I don't know if they just bought thousands upon thousands of them at some point, and they're just trying to use them up. But somebody's got to realize these just don't look that great. We're going to go with a thinner – gold pen we're going to go with a thin they use the silver ink too yeah yeah you look back at chronology and um and some of the upper deck black and things where they used the thinner gold with the black background especially on these new ones the um timeless moments one how awesome would those look yeah you know they would stand the test of time now it's kind of like well they're cool but do you want this sloppy fat looking auto on your card right <laughs> well, i don't know Crazy. And, and um, if they are the canvas type, which I haven't seen one in person, I'm just going off what I've seen online. Yeah. You know, I would, I, I would either say let's get the pins right or let's just get them signed in blue because um, I, I used, um, I used to do a lot of autographing and I, I had the uh, 2000, I think, well, for baseball, I think it was 2008 upper deck masterpieces. And okay. I got a couple of those signed. I got one signed by Verlander. I got one signed by Miguel Cabrera. And I had them signed in blue and they look fantastic. And yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm looking at these now, I'm just looking at a couple of pictures and they they would work with blue. Yeah. And I do think you're right. I think they, they look to be like that canvas look of chronology, which is cool. You know, they're, yep. I I can, I can tell on this one, it's got a little light shine. It's actually a Zach Levine, Um, which is auto is is surprisingly decent. And the one I'm looking at here, but most of the ones I'm seeing, like there's a Kevin Durant, Durant one. It's just really, fat looking and yeah (laughs) well so so another critique i've seen of the set was like some of the pictures like curry is crouching with uh the nba championship trophy with the larry o'brien yeah um and and for some reason his signature didn't sign very well the one that i saw i think dr j was just like walking down the court um (laughs) and you see like robert Parrish in the background because it's against the celtics so some people were little upset about the pictures but but then there's like like damian lillard shooting over paul george um, that's i wish awesome. i could stockpile multiples of that card but I, I probably won't be able to but um just any card where paul george is is going down in defeat is just a wonderful card <laughs> there you go. yeah that one is a, actually I, I did see that one um somebody had posted it and i'm just looking at a picture now it's fold up ebay yeah those they they had some some cool photos in it. it like you said it's hit and miss but um yeah just gotta get those pens gotta get that pin right. situated yeah. man. It's, <laughs> please, and and i wish we had answers you know well we actually we tried to give some here so those are our suggestions if if they're good good if not so be it uh, yeah. so you mentioned the downtown insert as well which i i saw some people going back and forth on print run they're not numbered on the back Mm-hmm. front they're not numbered anywhere but it looks like i don't remember what they settled on but it's between one like around 150 between 125 and 175 i think okay. was the, the two numbers that people were arguing about today they were um, every other card in the product is numbered so you can use the case hits and the brakes to reverse engineer and figure out how much of each one's there so yeah i think if people knew there were a hundred and let's say 150 and, and that number might not be exactly right. So everyone that's listening, just know it's in that range. 
if people knew there were 150, I don't know if they would chase them as hard. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's for a lot of the Panini um, inserts that get hyped up. Well, I look at, uh, what was it? The Prism Mosaic. The Genesis. Genesis, yeah. And yeah. how people thought, oh man, these are low number. And then we've come to find out probably not. Right. <laughs> They're coming out of retail a lot. So I, I don't know, is 150 considered low nowadays? I know with the influx of people coming in, maybe that's considered a low number. Um, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, well, it, it's weird because I hear you'll hear people say this base card thing is ridiculous. We need serial numbered cards. That's what I'm going to start. I, investors and collectors, but I've I've heard investor oriented people will say no. I'm going to go more towards the stuff that is a little more scarce that has a number attached to it. Yeah. Okay. But then we like the allure of a non numbered short print. So yep. then when we figure out actually how much there are, does that change our perception of it? It's like, do you like the card itself or was there more that went into it? And, and I'm guilty of that too. There are sets that I like because of, you know, what product they came out of or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, it, you bring up um, a good point. Some of the, what, one of my favorite sets is the 1718 essentials, Panini essentials. Mm -hmm. And they had the platinum, versions which i believe people say are around 10 you know somewhere around there maybe probably between 10 and 20 or something let's say non-numbered but even the the numbered ones that they had i think they had silver out of 99 and that may have been the only numbering out of that panini essential set but it it's it, it's nice because they look nice that was probably my favorite 17 18 set so when you get something that looks nice, it's not numbered. I think you can still have that collectability with that card, even though it doesn't have a number attached to it. Because what are what are serial numbers really good for nowadays? When you have Prism, when you have right. sixty different parallels and five different out of ten versions, or five different out of five versions, right. or whatever, you know, it gets a little bit um, just thrown in the pot almost so yeah it's like, are, nice are, are there 25 prism golds or are there 10 because you got yeah. the black gold and you got the shimmer yeah um, so which i may i try to i try to be a gold purist i try not to get any of the waves or the swirls although i did just pick up a, a mosaic disco gold or whatever you call it because i got it for like five bucks at a show but right. i try to stay away from that stuff as best as i can <laughs> yeah I hear you. Um, all right. So let's see. I'm, I'm thinking about the release calendar in my head. I, I know there's another Eminence product coming up. I don't, I can't even begin to approach that one. And I'm <laughs> sure I, well, I know that one will get talked about a lot um, over yeah. the course of the next month. It's definitely not something, I'll, it's not in my price range. I don't have anything against it, but it, same, it's not a product way. that I pick up. And you know, that's going to have gold autographs. So um, yeah, that's, if, <laughs> that's if just another 500 one. <laughs> for your gold, your giant paint pin wasn't uh, up your alley. Maybe 15,000, I think is, is what eminence is going to be something oh like that. God. Yeah. I can't even imagine. <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Not on my radar either. You know, maybe if people are willing to pay that price, I, I, I think this year, especially we've just seen so many products come out. I, I can't even keep up, you know, I, mm -hmm. they're bringing them in this back. I don't think they would, if it wasn't, you know, this up year. Oh, uh, and it's Zion. It's a complete yeah, exactly. Zion money grab. Yeah. Zion get every product we ever released and, and put it out. <laughs> so well, it's we like people forget they put Andrew Wiggins in, in their baseball product. They put him in, I think it was immaculate baseball. Uh, yeah. He was one of the autograph chases. It's like, we can't sell this product, but Andrew Wiggins can. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And, you know, well, but the baseball people that pulled Andrew Wiggins, at least I don't remember any of them being disappointed because that was a big hit. I do remember that. Yeah. You could get them out of that, that product. Yeah. It's, you know, at the end of the day, how many Zion cards are we going to have? It's, it's insane. I mean, it's, it's well above what you had for Luca and Luca is even high. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a, there's a thread on blowout where we we're actually kind of looking into the numbers I, I can't I can't think of any out of the top of my head, but we're we're well surpassed Luca auto not autos, but just 
number of different cards out there yeah. for Zion. It's well, insane. I, I'd love to see someone crunch the numbers on the autos too, because I know it, someone did it, it autos, with the yeah. 2017 class and it was 10,000. And I really, yeah. it wouldn't shock me at all if this class had to do 15,000 at least. Oh yeah. Um, between the, you know, two years of in between then, I, I think it's probably climbed to that point. And that's why you see some guys like, uh, I, I know he was uh, 2016, but Jalen Brown just not signing anymore. Luca, yeah. I think Luca's done. Yeah. Um, which I don't, you know, I, I know there are Luca people out there that are thinking, you know, I should probably grab whatever Luca stuff's out there because he might not be signing again. You might have to buy the T-shirt, the hundred dollar T-shirt from his store to get That's the true. Luca auto from here on out. I mean, you, you can't really blame him when, when it comes no. down to it with the amount of stuff that they have to sign. You know, it's insane. <laughs> and and we won't go into uh, all the other Luca autograph stuff that comes along with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just a whole another. That's, that's a whole different episode. <laughs> but uh, so, uh, and then we've got we've got flawless at the end of the year. Um, yeah. For those of you that are maybe, I know there's a lot of people that have jumped into the hobby this year. It's not uncommon it's not a coronavirus thing that we have a, a old a la, i should say previous season product coming out in the first month of the new season yeah i don't know if there's a better way to phrase that there's got to be um that's not a pandemic thing that happens on a regular basis with panini mm -hmm. so it doesn't surprise me with the pandemic i don't fault them because of that i know that the facilities were shut down where they were printing but um we're going to get flawless and I, you know, I'll probably be hunting Pacers patches like I usually do. Definitely, I, um, I like Floss. They, they tend to have, um, at least for the Nuggets, some guys that don't typically sign or have patch autos come out. Um, still hoping for that Millsap patch auto. Probably not going to see it because I don't think he's signing anymore. No, uh, I picked up a nice flawless patch at least. So if when he is done with the Nuggets, if this next year is going to be his last let's say at least i have that cool patch every once uh, in a flawless. while they they grab a, a batch of nuggets warm-ups and we get some different oh, yeah. some unique patches so maybe if there's a Millsap in there um maybe they can convince him to sign <laughs> i think that was 17 18 and, and i actually avoided that year because it was all warm-ups and it's oh, well, just see, the I, straight blue <laughs> i was well yeah okay yeah that's right yours was like a yeah blue on blue, blue. on blue jersey yeah <laughs> pretty I, I bad was thrilled for the pay they grabbed pacers warm-ups they did nuggets i know they did magic as well mm -hmm. i liked them because i was tired of those we'd had those pacers jerseys before they switched they'd had them since 2005 Oh, okay. So I, I was yeah. done with those things. Something a little um, different. Yeah, least. it's just some. I want different patches. It's like uh, if you look now, they've got the hickory patches are in some of the cards. Oh, okay. The problem being they're not picturing them in their hickory uniform, so it's just like, oh, what a waste once again. Yeah, but, missed opportunity there. Yeah, or like you get Thad Young Bulls cards with hickory patches, I, and that <laughs> that just hurts me on all sorts of levels. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. So I think that's about all we get then. I'm, I'm, there's probably some little products they're going to sneak in there. Um, let me do one more PSA just real quick. I didn't tell you we were going to do this, but people are hitting up my inbox and I don't mind, but people are hitting up my inbox asking me what's up with the new status. It's not status. Okay. It's called status. It, it does not have pursuits. It does not have status parallels. It doesn't have aspirations. It doesn't oh, wow. have draft night signatures. This is a throwaway product, which might actually be a good product. Okay. I don't want to steer people the wrong way for $200. That's called status. That does not resemble status in any way. It's a name only, huh? It is a name only thing. Um, I think they just ran out of names this year and that was one they weren't <laughs> going to use. So, all right. So sorry, Ryan, I had to get that in because no, it's all I, good. It's kind of disappointing because I, I liked some of the older statuses. So, yeah. so which was the one with the up, up to the Jersey and then, you know, Pat, so, so status the, was up to the Jersey number, the status, status parallel status, status. Okay. Yeah. And okay. Then aspirations was the rest of the way to a hundred. That's right. Um, another question I get since we're talking about it real quick, I'll, I'll address this on the air. People asked people or people were joking about, oh, well, what about Aaron Gordon and Jason Tatum? You know, all these guys that wear zero. Right. So they actually had a separate one of one. 
Um, there's the one one Kaleido, and then there's the one one oh, okay. for their zero jersey number. And then the Aspirations was numbered to 99. So that if you're number zero, they still took care of you. Okay. Which I yeah, that's I'd... too bad. They're not They're not um, actually coming out with that release because those are kind of a fun chase. I know Steve, um, that's how 2003 goes after those. Yes. A lot. Yeah. And he kind of got me into them. So I picked up a couple ones for the Nuggets, like Gary Harris. And I think uh, I have a Jokic um one of the versions right so that's Mm -hmm. kind of disappointing i don't have any inside knowledge i'm just a just a collector right but i'm guessing that they're going to bring it back next year because and it's not just us right there's a lot of people that were talking about status and and that have missed status because it kind of caught on late it wasn't popular right when it came out Mm -hmm. um so i I think it'll be back i think real status will be back just hang in there all you status truthers hope so all right um so are you um let's see are you looking forward to any of this new 2019 stuff that we just talked about or you're ready to move on um you know if i find some nice immaculate cards i might pick them up uh i always get excited about flaws just see what they they have out there um you know picking up bobo probably not right (laughs) we'll see just just again price yeah, I'd say those those two probably be excited a little bit excited about looking at the secondary market there. I I have to get back into it, to be honest. I've, I've been so out of the loop on new product or even just looking at it. I'd like to even go back and look at some of the sets that maybe didn't um, sell well or aren't selling well and pick up just some base cards. I, I do team sets and just a regular binder. So any right. release that I think looks kind of nice, I'll grab grab a team set try to put it together off comic or some something like or comp c rather um pick up have, singles or a lot of people just will sell a set of of a team you know right yeah someone sent me uh well actually it was uh brett from stacking slab so i want to thank him he sent me a couple of the clearly donruss uh pacers base oh, cards yeah, yeah. the other day and um uh, those are actually pretty nice. They look pretty uh, so, nice. Yeah. If, if you haven't grabbed those for your binder, I would definitely recommend those. And they're probably not going to cost you too much either. That's what I was thinking too. I, I've originally looked at that like, oh, yet another Dimerus release or yet another yeah. parallel release of some product we've already seen. Like but Hoops Premium. Yeah. Right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if they're nice, they're nice. And, that, and that's the cool thing is you can pick up anything outside of the hyped rookies for, yeah. for cheap and put together a little team set and that's always fun that's how i keep kind of interested in the new products is just picking up the stuff that people just throw on their base pile and <laughs> maybe right. sell for a couple bucks on ebay yeah i actually the um uh the oladipo most of the the cards in the set kept the same picture but they uh changed his picture which i i like i guess because maybe they were using oh, the old cool. picture from before the injury so they changed that picture so I, I, I was actually impressed by that because they he yeah. they actually left him out of optic entirely. So I was oh, impressed okay. by that. Yeah, I figured yeah. that one out. Um, it's always a fun find. Although now I wouldn't mind if they left him out of every set. But <laughs> um, all right. So uh, I want to ask you then. I, and I know you said you haven't picked up much in the last couple of years. Were Were you looking? I mean, were you looking for hoops at the start of the year? Were you looking for Donruss last year? Uh, yeah. Well mainly just for my sets so i'll put together a team set of all that kind of stuff uh don russ hoops prism optic those are the kind of main ones i chase i i have started to chase revolution uh the status as you're saying i, I try mm-hmm. to pick up those and just anything that catches my eye so that'll keep that keeps me into the newer product even on years where i can't really afford to get into the breaks you know because Michael Porter Jr. Then we got Bobo. The the breaks just got crazy. And so a lot of times before them, I would actually join breaks to put together those sets. So I'd just bid kind of low on eBay, you know, and and get into a break and then they'll ship you one where they shipped you all the cards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You got to find the one that where they'll ship you all that stuff because some of them don't. Um, And that's how I put together my sets. But nowadays I I can't do that anymore. So I'll I'll mainly go comp C or, or pick up people that, to break that stuff and then put together the team sets you will you always find those people on ebay wait a couple months you know so is that so seeing as the landscape is different that's your approach for the coming year or or are you uh... it probably is you know we'll have to see how it how it plays out next year maybe breaks come down in price and maybe we don't have the 
hottest rookies and so the nuggets price might drop a little bit and i'll join some breaks again probably not going to be buying product it's just i can't justify it <laughs> i have yeah. such a hard time with, with the prices and i'm sure they're going to continue into next year um but yeah well, i'll still I, go after my team sets yeah i mean last year i i could i left hoops on the shelf plenty of times i remember leaving donner's donner's just sat there um prism we were able to find without stalking the vendor, right? Like my wife would find <laughs> yeah. some, I would find some, we found it multiple times and then things got crazy. So I don't even anticipate this year, you won't be able to find hoops. You won't have Don, you know, at yeah. least at la- at least at the beginning of last year, you could find some stuff. And I, I think those days are gone now and I'm not, I you know, you. I've found other ways to enjoy the hobby. I'm not complaining, yep. but I, I also recognize that's kind of what we're faced with right now. So you got to bob and weave sometimes, right? Yeah. <laughs> but hey, I'm I'm having a blast, man. And um, as we wind down here, I I know um, throughout the process of picking up Nuggets cards for your PC, I feel pretty confident that your social media game is going to be on point as always. Some of your listeners might remember the um, no slab movement hashtag, <laughs> but you've got a new one that you've been working some with. And I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about this one, so I'm excited yeah. to hear about it, but it's called uh, Card Collector Stories. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it's just an idea I had. Basically, um, we all collect cards and we love looking at photos of them putting putting our sets together or just finding that rare rookie card or whatever but they all have a story behind them and whether that story is you went on ebay and you found it and it was a steel price or something that's a story you know or, or it could be a card that you chased for years and finally some collector popped up out of the blue and had that card and you worked out a trade deal maybe you met somebody in person to, to grab a card and and made that connection within the hobby so that's that's really what that hashtag's all about is the first one I shared was actually the 93 scoring Kings, uh, Jordan, uh, which I pulled as a kid got graded. Okay. Um, I thought, you know, I was like, Oh man, this one's going to grade a 9.5. This is years ago, probably six, seven years ago. And I, I thought for sure it's going to get a nine five at the least a, a nine and it got an eight. Right. <laughs> Cause right. I had a big crease through the middle of it. <laughs> an eight now <laughs> that though, I didn't is, see uh, for that card is, is actually yeah. pretty good. Nothing I'd ever sell, but you know, that one had a story behind it. Cause that was the first one I decided to use cause I pulled it at a card shop. And, mm-hmm. and so I, what I did is just throw up a video and I was thinking of a hashtag to call it. And I wanted to use card stories, but if you search that hashtag, it's a bunch of Hallmark cards. <laughs> <laughs> so I needed to differentiate it. So I came up with a card collector stories, which hadn't been used and, I've been posting a little bit. I know uh, Steve um, has posted a lot of his own stories for the Celtics cards and, and things like that. So if you want to go check out that hashtag, you can pull up all those different posts. And really, it's it's not necessarily a video. I've done videos. Steve does, has done videos too. I encourage people to, to use uh, that to throw up a photo and just one or two paragraphs about how you got the card or why it's special to you or something like that. And that's really the idea behind it. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to have to, um, now that I got a little bit off of free time with work slowing down, um, I'm yeah. definitely going to jump in on that. So I'll try and repost some of that as well. Um, yeah. all right, Ryan, I have really enjoyed chatting with you today. We could go on and on. Um, and I don't even know how long we've gone here. I kind of lost track, but <laughs> I got a lot of good feedback after your last episode and, and I knew I wanted to have you on again before I let you go today. Is there anything else that you want to add or anything that you'd like to plug before you go? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I just say, look me up on um, Instagram, mindcycle underscore cards, and then blowout. I'm just mindcycle on there. Those are really the two platforms that I'm on. Feel free to reach out. Any questions you have about Nuggets cards or if you're looking for anything Nuggets-wise, I might know. Um, or yeah, paint pins. Uh, you want to hear a rant about paint pens <laughs> <laughs> but yeah thanks a lot for having me on kyle it's, it's it's always a good time all right thanks as always ryan i'll be talking with you soon sounds good all right well there you have it thanks again to ryan for taking some time out of his holiday break to come on the show and chat about cards and i have to confess our conversation had me thinking about immaculate a lot 
And after we got done chatting, I joined a break. And those of you that know me well, you know that I'm not a big fan of group breaking at all. And I won't go into all the details and the reasoning here, but I don't like what the whole scene has become. So um, I've stayed away from breaks for about a year now. But it's always really tempting at the end of the season because, you know, immaculate and flawless. That's when all those monster patches come out. And this time I caved. So um, I went through eBay. I got the Pacers for $61 shipped, which is a, a good price for the Pacers and really for all teams now because they're on the lower end. Um, there are a couple of Logo Man autographs that I would have loved to have hit, Rick Smith or Mark Jackson, because so I probably don't stand a chance at them otherwise. But um, this was a, a case break, so it was a five-box break with six cards per box. That's only 30 cards. My thinking, you know, every team should end up with a hit. I know it doesn't always work that way. Well, anyway, the break rolled around, and I ended up with three hits. So statistically, I killed it. But none of the cards were really worth anything. I got a Victor Oladipo base card, numbered to 99, a Sabonis sticker auto, numbered to 75, and a Sabonis All-Star um, All-Star Game Jacket swatch, numbered to 99, which is kind of cool, but um, not super exciting. So, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't super expensive. I know it's kind of like Blackjack, where you have to play multiple hands to see things level out a bit. Um, at the same time, I've seen a lot of people lose a lot of money on breaks. That's not a game that I really want to get involved with. So instead, I should keep using that money on singles, like the jersey number Jeff Foster patch I got in the mail earlier this week. Okay, I want to thank you guys for listening today. Thank you for allowing me to have these sorts of conversations with collectors. I really do appreciate it. Uh, maybe there was something that either of us said today that resonated with you. Let me know on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast. My Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Hit up the Podbean site for a link to the merch store. Tag Taco Bell and let them know they can pay me in burritos. Shop through my Fanatics link and I'll get a small cut. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast.